0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, we We will study tonight chapter 13 from the first letter of St. Paul to Corinthians St. Paul in chapter 12 spoke about spiritual gifts the gifts of the Holy Spirit and then in chapter 14 he will continue his talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit but in the middle of his discussion on spiritual gifts Saint Paul described the most excellent way of love and we may wonder why did St. Paul do that? Why he didn't he finish first, he spoke about spiritual gifts before switching to another subject, which is love. And as you know, there is what we call the gifts of the Spirit and also there is the fruit of the Spirit. So he was speaking about the gifts of the Spirit, but now he's switching about the fruit of the Spirit. St. Paul found out that in Corinth they had many problems because of spiritual gifts. People were fighting together and there was division in the church because how he used the spiritual gifts so Saint Paul emphasized the importance of love the fruit of spirit as if he is saying if you have all the spiritual gifts but you don't have the fruit of the spirit which is love it profits you nothing. If you have all spiritual gifts without love, it profits you nothing. That's why from verse 1 to 3 he spoke about the importance of love. Then from verse 4 to 8 he defined love by what is love and what it does, what love is and what love does. Then he concluded this small chapter by a very important quality of love, which is permanence of love. Love never fades. And he compared love in its permanence with the temporary nature of spiritual gifts. That's why he called love is the most excellent way because it is permanent, never fails, and God is love. And if you read this chapter in its Greek text, you will find the word used for love here is agape. And a is the highest form of love. And it is characterized by four specifications. Number one, it is unconditional. Number two, it is sacrificial. Number three, it is willful. It is the function of the will. And number four, it is limitless. It is not exclusive, it includes everybody. So he started by saying, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a commanding symbol. So as we will study in chapter 14, there was a division in the church at Corinth because of the gifts of tongue. And Saint Paul has to regulate this gift. That's why Saint Paul said, if you speak with tongues of men and of angels, even if you are able to learn the language of the heavenly, and if you are speaking with all the language of the earth, but if you do not have love, then you will be like a sound without soul or feeling sounding brass or clanging cymbal, sound with no life in it. So he saying this gift, which is given for the purpose of edifying the church, it will be useless and vain without love. Verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing spoke here about the gift of prophecy the gift of knowledge and the gift of faith the gift of prophecy is to deliver message from God. This gift was very very important in the early church before the Gospels and the Epistles were written. Now when we want to know the will of God one of the ways is to go to the Bible and see what God said to us in the scripture. But before the scripture, the New Testament was written, God spoke to the people and revealed to the people through the prophets. That's why in the early church, they had the gift of prophecy. And people delivered message from God to uh, others. Though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries. Mysteries means to understand the mysteries of the Word of God and the mysteries of the providence of God and the mysteries of the economy of God. Many times we wonder why God did that? How can I understand? God reveals this understanding as we read the mystery of God is given to his fearers, those who fear the Lord will understand his mysteries. سر الله لحرفين So I have this gift to understand the mysteries of God. And also I have the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge either to know about God the Divine Knowledge or to know about the humans. And though I have full faith and here I want to differentiate between two types of faith. There is faith which is a gift from the Spirit not given to everybody. But this gift of faith is given to some people in order to perform miracles. So that's what we call miracle-working faith—faith that does or that performs miracles. So he himself was not speaking about the virtue of faith. All the believers should have the virtue of faith. As God said to Thomas, Blessed are those who believe without seeing. But here he is not speaking about the virtue of faith. He is speaking about the gift of faith, which is not given to everybody, but given to some chosen people, in order to perform miracles. That's why he said, though I have all faith, faith so that I could remove mountains. And this will explain to us, when the Lord Jesus Christ told us, if you have faith like mustard seed, and you said to this mountain, move from here to there, it will obey you. And many people say, I cannot move a mountain. Does this mean that I, I don't have faith? I'm not a believer? No. The Lord when He spoke, if you have faith, He's speaking about if you receive the gift of faith that performs miracle, which is totally different than faith as believing, as a virtue, as a requirement for salvation. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. So, St. Paul said, if I have all these gifts, prophecy, understanding of the mysteries, knowledge, uh, miracle working faith, but without love, I am nothing, I am nothing. The fruit of the Spirit, love, will qualify me to inherit the kingdom of heaven, but the, the gifts of the Spirit will not qualify me to inherit the gift of the kingdom of heaven. Judas Iscariot performed miracles. Judas Iscariot received gifts of the Spirit, but he was not seen. We read in Matthew chapter 7, Lord, Lord, in your name, we have to prophesy. In your name, in your name, we cast out demons. In your name, we perform miracles. All these are gifts. But without love, it profits me nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. So now he's speaking about charity even I start helping the poor and distribute all my goods. Maybe I'm distributing my goods not out of love, but because I desire praise, showing, obligation. I feel compelled. That's why he said, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, And though I give my body to be burned, so as if he is saying, if I give not only my goods, but also my body itself, I burned myself, and overburdened myself in service, in visiting the poor, attending to their needs. But maybe I am doing all of this, not out of love, but out of love of praise, show of, I want to appear as a godly man. That's why Saint Paul said, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So all these sacrifices are useless, and without profit, without love. So Saint Paul in these three verses, clarified the importance of love. And he made it very clear, gifts without love are useless. What's love? Verse 4. Love suffers long. Love suffers all the weakness of the righteous, and all the wickedness of the sinners to the end. Love induces all the weakness of the righteous and also all the wickedness of the sinners to the end. That's why it said, Love suffers long. Love is patient toward all men, righteous and sinners. Love is kind. In every step toward overcoming evil with good, as Saint Paul told us in Romans uh, 12, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. In every step toward overcoming the evil with good, love is kind and soft. And we saw how the Lord Jesus Christ, even when He was accused as Possessed by Baal Zabul, how he responded in a very kind way. Can you imagine people attacking the Lord, accusing him of being possessed with Baal But he was kind in his answer toward them. Love does not envy. You are unhappy when you see your brother is better than you. That's envy. <coughs> envy means you are not counting your blessing, but you are counting what you are lacking, and you are jealous from the others who have these things that you do not have. Like Cain, Cain when he envied his brother Abel. But love does not end. Love does not drain itself. It is not puffed up. Love does not boast even of gifts which it really possesses. One problem in the church of Corinth that people were boasting with their gifts. I have gifts of tongues I want to show off show everybody that I can speak in tongues. I have the gift of prophecy, I want to show everybody that I understand the mysteries of God. That's why I told them, love does not parade itself, it is not puffed up. Love appears in humbleness. The loving man, the man who is filled with the love of God, He is humble, as God himself, humbled himself, emptied himself, and took the form of man. I want you to notice that so far, Saint Paul did not describe love as emotions or feeling, but described love as action. Many times when we speak about love, we speak about feeling. When I say I cannot love my enemy, this means I don't have feeling or emotions. But St. Paul did not speak about love as emotions. He spoke about love as actions. If you want to love your enemy, then endure him. Be kind to him. Don't envy him. Don't treat him as better than him. So love appears in our actions and behavior. Verse 5, Love does not behave rudely. Love does not behave in a way compromising good manners and morals. Sometimes when we feel comfortable with each other, then we compromise our morals and our manners and we say, because I I, I feel comfortable with you, that's why I'm dealing with you this way, but no that's not right, love does not behave rudely, love is sensitive to the feelings of others, love does not seek its own, love is not selfish, Love is not biased. Love puts others before oneself. Actually, if we apply this in marriage, we will have the most or the happiest couples. If the husband puts the needs of his wife before him, and if the wife puts the needs of her husband before hers, then actually they will enjoy the real happiness and the real uh, joy. That's why in the crown ceremony we say to the husband to hasten, to glad, gladden the heart of his wife and we say to the bride to obey her husband uh, multiple times than what she was instructed, which actually is founded on this verse, to put each other before oneself. Love is not provoked easily. Means what? Love does not fly into rage, but keeps temper under control. Some people, once you speak to them, they lose their temper, and they get angry. But love is not provoked easily. Love thinks no evil. Many times we interpret others negatively. Many times we think evil about others. Or sometimes when others hurt us, We keep a record of this evil in order to pay it back. Although the Bible Bible tells us do not repay evil with evil. That's why he said love does not think evil. Even if people attack me with evil, but I will not keep account or record of evil so that I will return it back. Why? Because love does not rejoice in iniquity. When we see somebody is doing something wrong, love is filled with sadness by the wrongdoing of any kind. Love does not rejoice with iniquity, but rejoices in truth. When the truth overcomes iniquity, when the truth is victorious, that's where love rejoices. So love rejoices with the truth in its triumph. Verse 7. In verse 7, actually, St. Paul spoke about four characteristic of love and each one he said all things love bears all things with no exception love believes all things love hopes all things love endures all things the word all is very important bears all things you know how a rock in the middle of the ocean stand against the waves? Love in the same way bears up against the tide of evil stand and is not broken even with attacks of evil Love bears all things Love leaves all things Does this mean love believes the false prophets, the false teachers? No. When the truth is revealed to us from God, then I cannot say I believe everything so I will believe the the false teachers. But when St. Paul spoke about love believes all things, he is speaking about our dealing with one another. Many people question the intention of others. They don't trust others. They interpret the intentions of others. So what Paul meant by love leaves all things, that love is not distrustful. Love is not suspicious. But there is trust here. Love hopes all things. Love is always hopeful for the best. Never gives up on anybody. Because the hope is in God who can change as He raised ladders from the dead after four days. He can change anybody. He is hopeful always for the best. And love endures all things. Endures means, it is persistence without yielding, persistence and perseverance without yielding. This love made the martyrs to endure patiently the persecution and suffering without compromising their faith and without yielding to the pressure of tortures. And then he concluded by the superiority of love when he said, love never fails. Love never fails. It's permanent. Because God is love. So, any spiritual gift, even some virtues will end. But love, it survives. All of other gifts and all other virtues, because God is love. Love is eternal and imperishable, because God is love. And in heaven we will be growing in love. From verse 8 to 13, he compared between love and other gifts, love and other virtues in its permanence how God love is permanent. He said, love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. The gift of prophecy will fail. As I told you, uh, these gifts were only granted in the early church while the church was immature. But now after we have The Bible, the New Testament, and the Old Testament. And after we have the early church fathers, and after we have the ecumenical councils, and after we have many, many writings from the church fathers and desert fathers, monastic fathers, and after we have so many uh, servants, clergy, priests, bishops all over the world. That's why we don't need the gift of prophecy as in the early church. That's why Saint Paul foreknew that the prophecy will fail, the gift of prophecy shall cease. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. So Saint Paul is saying that the gift of tongues is temporary, because many people until now they teach that if you are filled with the Spirit, you should speak in tongues. St. Paul said, no, tongues were faith was given in the early church because it was needed. But now there is no need for tongues. That's why you don't have this gift. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Speaking here about the supernatural knowledge, the knowledge of the mysteries of God, that was granted as a spiritual gift, As I told you, because many people, they didn't understand what's God's economy, what's God's providence before the writing of the New Testament, before the ecumenical councils, before the early church fathers. So there was supernatural knowledge as a gift given to some people to help them to understand the mysteries of God and the doctrines of faith. But this gift was temporary. As St. Paul said, it will vanish away. So all these gifts were only granted while the church was in an immature state. Verse 9, For we know in part, we prophesy in part. So not only, not only that these gifts will vanish but also these gifts are limited. So St. Paul is saying, these gifts are temporary, and also they are limited. We prophesy in part, and we know in part. What does it mean? St. Paul wants to say, the wisest man, all what he knows, is short, sure, narrow, and perfect conception of things. That's all what He knows. And if we speak about what we know about God, we know nothing. All our knowledge about God is nothing. That's why He said, we know in part. We prophesy in part. The people, yes, prophesy and foretold the things that will give them to God. But many of the prophets didn't understand even the prophets like Saint John when he wrote the Revelation. He wrote many many things but he did not understand everything he wrote. And until now one of the most difficult books to interpret is the book of Revelation. So we have the prophecy here, but how we interpret it? So even our prophecy is limited, in part. And this prophecy did not include all the future events, the whole of future events. So Sarko is saying, not only the gifts are temporary, but also it is limited, it is in part. Verse 10, But when that which is perfect has come then that which is in part will be done away. He said in our present time our knowledge is limited but when Christ comes in his second come in the last day the imperfect knowledge will give way to the perfect knowledge. So when that which is perfect in the second coming of Christ when we will go to heaven and our knowledge will be perfect. So when that which is perfect has come then that which isn't perfect will be done away. And in order to explain this verse he gave us an example, analogy. He said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So he saying, here on earth, we are speaking, we are understanding, we are thinking as children. But when we become spiritually mature in heaven, Then actually, then we will put away this childish knowledge. So here we are infants in knowledge compared to what we shall be hereafter. That's why when I became a man, the speech, the thoughts and the feeling of the child give way to those of the man. So when we go go to heaven, our knowledge Uh, our imperfect knowledge as infant will give way to the perfect knowledge. That's what will happen in the second coming of Christ. And to give another analogy, so the first analogy, children and maturity. The second analogy he said in verse 12, for now we see in a mirror, dimly, Seeing a mirror means I don't see the real picture. I see just an image which is not distinct. What we see is dimly. Our knowledge of the divine things imperfect and incomplete. But then, face to face, without a veil, without obscurity we will see, we will understand, we will know clearly. There will be no limitation upon our knowledge. Now there are limitations upon our knowledge. That's why He said, Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Now my knowledge is limited, but then in the second coming of Christ, When the veil of the body is taken away and then I will have the glorified body and the full revelation has come in the presence of Christ. I shall know even as also I am known. Means I shall know in a clear manner as I am known by God, as God knows me. So here my knowledge will be. Clear. So St. Paul compared love with spiritual gifts. And he said spiritual gifts are temporary and limited. But even if we compare other virtues with spiritual gifts, other virtues will have superiority. That's why he said, and now abide faith love. Faith here, the virtue of faith, believing, not the gift of faith that he mentioned in verse 2 when he spoke about faith that moves mountains. So here speaking, faith, hope, and love abide after the extraordinary gift have ceased. For example, here on earth, the gift of tongues has ceased, but until now faith, hope and love abides, they exist until now, because these three gifts are necessary and sufficient for salvation at all times. We need them, faith, hope and love, but the extraordinary gifts are given for a certain time, for a certain purpose, and after this they will vanish. If we spoke about faith, hope and love, we will find faith is the bond between me and God. Love is the bond between brethren and hope is in, on behalf of ourselves. But if we compare these three virtues, Faith, Hope and Love, although these three virtues have superiority over gifts, but we will find among these three virtues, Love is the greatest of all. As he said, now abide Faith, Hope, Love. These three, but the greatest of these is Love. So even among the virtues, the greatest is love. Why? Because faith and hope shall be done away in the second coming of Christ. How come? Because faith will be superseded by sight. Now we say we believe because we do not see. But there we will see. So there will be no faith. Now hope. Because it's not fulfilled, but once it is fulfilled when Christ comes then the hope will be done away. But in heaven love abides, that's why love alone never fails. Love will continue even in heaven, that's why love is the greatest of all virtues. And, of course, has superiority over all the spiritual gifts. Glory be to God forever and ever again.